Dear friends, let us pray together this prayer which Our Lady gave us in Amsterdam. She said herself, always think about this prayer. It's a prayer of love, that's why she said this. Think of this prayer in all that you do, she said. Because when we think about this prayer, we think about the Holy Spirit, and then we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And this prayer goes so perfectly with tonight, because tonight is really a night of love. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Father, send now your Spirit over the earth. Let the Holy Spirit live in the hearts of all nations, that they may be preserved from degeneration, disaster, and war. And may the Lady of all nations, the Blessed Virgin Mary, be our advocate. Amen. And dear friends, this really is a night of love, because it is on this night when we go with Jesus together with the 12 disciples, we go to the upper room with Jesus for the institution of the Holy Eucharist. And so much happened in this moment, in this evening, in the, whole, in the upper room. And it's also the night when Jesus instituted the priesthood. He ordained his first priests and bishops on this night. And that's why Jesus, in this evening, he was so grateful and so thankful to the Heavenly Father. And that's why we have the word Eucharisti. The word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Because Jesus, as he was in the upper room, he was so full of gratitude and thankful to the Heavenly Father. He was thankful because finally he could give his life for us. He was thankful that finally he could suffer so much for us that when we suffer, we are united with him because he transformed suffering on this night right to Calvary tomorrow. He was thankful because he could finally do something which God wanted from all eternity. He wanted to give us himself as food to eat because the Jesus who we receive in Holy Communion, we receive his body, blood, his soul, and his divinity. And for that reason, Jesus is thankful because he said himself, I am with you always until the end of time. Where? Where is the most intense place where Jesus is present? In the Holy Eucharist. And that's why Jesus was so thankful. You know, once I heard a story from a priest in Naples called Dondolindo Rotolo, and he had a friend who was non-believing. I think he was even a Muslim. And he invited this friend to adoration one evening. In, on a Sunday evening, they had adoration in Naples in his church. And Dondolindo Rotolo, he prepared the altar so beautifully. He did everything. He had the monstrance, this beautiful golden monstrance, and his friend, who didn't believe or didn't know anything about Jesus, sat at the back and just observed. And then afterwards, his friend came to the sacristy and said to Dondolindo, he said, who was that? And Dondolindo said, who was that? And he said, who was that in this golden monstrance? Who was that? And Dondolindo said to him, that was Jesus. Because it is Jesus. Anna Katharina Emmerich, a, a mystic from Germany, she saw how Jesus, as he prayed these words, which we heard in the second reading today from St. Paul, and we will hear now tonight, Father Gary will say them together with us, 
that these, as Jesus said these words, this is my body, or as he consecrated the bread and the wine, he went into the bread and the wine. She saw how it happened and how he was so enlightened and so full of love as he prayed the words of the consecration for the first time. And what is the Holy Eucharist? It is love itself because it is Jesus. It is the same Jesus, as we said today in Holy Hour, it's the same Jesus who walked on the water. It's the same Jesus who healed the lepers and the man who was blind from birth. It's the same Jesus who forgave the adulteress, who cast out demons. It's the same Jesus who we receive in the Holy Eucharist. And that's why, dear friends, the Holy Eucharist is so special and it's the most and beautiful and the greatest gift that God has ever given us because it is Jesus himself. I want to read to you a little story from a sister whom you all know very well. Her name is Breach McKenna. She's from Ireland, as you know. And she was here in St. Edward's once. And I want to tell you a story which for me is such a beautiful example of who we receive when we receive the Holy Eucharist. She writes, Once a young priest called me very distraught and fearful. He had just received news that he had cancer of the vocal cords and that his larynx should be removed in three weeks. He was desperate. He had only been ordained six years ago. As I prayed for him, I felt that the Lord was asking me to talk to him about the Eucharist. I said to him, Father, I can pray with you on the, over the phone, and I want to do this too. But did you not encounter Jesus already this morning? Do you not encounter him every day? I was not aware that this priest did not, in fact, celebrate Mass daily. I said, Father, every day when you go to Mass, when you raise up the host, when you consume it, you encounter Jesus. The woman only touched the fringe of his cloak, but you touch him and receive him with your body. You have him as your nourishment. Are you aware that Jesus actually passes your larynx? There is no one better whom you can go to than Jesus. Ask Jesus to heal you. I heard him crying on the phone and continually repeating, Oh, sister, thank you, thank you. Three weeks later, he went in for the operation. He called me later to tell me that there was no need for an operation. The doctors discovered that the cancer had disappeared and that his vocal cords were like new again. I never found out the priest's name. A year later, I received news of him through one of his friends. Before his illness, the young priest had stopped celebrating Mass, except on Sundays. He shrugged it off very lightly. God used this experience with the cancer to transform his life. The priest was healed completely, and not just physically. He once again became a priest focused on the Eucharist. And Jesus comes to us each time we receive him in the Holy Eucharist too. But it needs our faith. It needs our faith in order to help us to believe that it's Jesus. And our faith tells us, and through the miracles which we know, we know that it's truly Jesus in his body, blood, his soul, and his divinity in the Holy Eucharist. But it needs our faith and our trust. 
I read recently a story about a healing in Lourdes of a young man who was paralyzed. And he was really in a bad state of health. And as they brought him to Lourdes, they were afraid they had to give him the, the anointing of the sick before they brought him to the grotto because they thought he would die before he got even to the grotto from his hotel. And so he got the anointing of the sick and they brought him on a stretcher. This happened in 1926 in Lourdes. They brought him on a stretcher and they placed him then in the, the piazza before the cathedral, near to the grotto. Some of you have been there, you know it. And then a cardinal was going through holding the blessed sacrament. And he stopped at each sick person. And as he stopped at this sick man, lying on his stretcher, the sick man prayed in, his, in the stillness of his heart, in the silence of his heart, he said, Jesus, son of our lady, please heal me and give me back my health. And the cardinal gave him the blessing and went on to the next person. And he, was, he felt no difference in him. And so he shouted out loud, Jesus, son of Our Lady, if you don't heal me, I'll tell your mother. <laughs> and then the cardinal was so astounded by, the, by this words of, the, of this young paralyzed boy that he turned back and he went back to him again. He stood before him and he gave him the blessing. And the boy was healed. He got up and he said, Jesus, Son of Our Lady, I thank you, and I will tell your mother that you healed me, and that she should thank you in my name. Do you see, dear friends, it just needs our faith, and then God can work all in us, in everything which we do, and that's why we need Our Lady. We need Our Lady so much. Our Lady said in Medjugorje to the visionaries, she said to them, she said, if you have to decide between coming to my apparition or going to Holy Mass, you go to Holy Mass, because there is my son. And that's why we need Our Lady, the mother of the Holy Eucharist, because she is the one who was the first monstrance at the Annunciation. She became the first monstrance. She was the first one who carried Jesus as the most perfect monstrance. She brought Jesus to Elizabeth. And she was the one who in Bethlehem held Jesus in her arms. She had to believe, and she knew already, that this was the Son of God. And it's the same for us when we receive. We ask Our Lady to go with us and to give us her love for Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Because this is what she wants to do. She, she never brings herself. She always brings Jesus. I told the story at Holy Hour today of a saint from France. Her name is Marie Marc Chambon, and she felt so unworthy to receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. She felt, she felt her nothingness. She felt so unworthy and incapable. And then Our Lady appeared to her and said, Marie Marc, I, your richest mother of God, make myself so pure in order to come down to you. Now let us go together. Totally, pure, totally poor and receive my son in the Holy Eucharist. And Jesus 
gave us Our Lady to be our mother. She is the mother of the Holy Eucharist. That's why when Mother Teresa was asked, why do you love Our Lady so much? And Mother Teresa said, I love Our Lady because without Our Lady, we wouldn't have Jesus. And that's why we need Our Lady because she wants to give us everything like a true mother does. She wants to give us her readiness for sacrifice. She wants to give us her silence, but she wants to give us her love for Jesus in the Eucharist. And Our Lady became the mother, our mother on Calvary in the most terrible suffering. And Jesus gave her this title, Mother. He said to John, Behold your mother. And that's why she became, on this moment, the mother for all people, but also the mother for priests. And this I spoke to you about last week, and I ask you again, dear friends listening, to pray for your priests, to pray for them, and to pray for new vocations. Never more than ever do we need the help of spiritual mothers. I want to read to you again these beautiful words, because there is another sacrament. It's not, uh, I say sacrament, because there is the spiritual motherhood for priests. And anyone can participate from the smallest to mothers and also to men are also involved, where you offer your sacrifices for the priests. Father Gary here, he could be jetting around the world because he had a great job with the airlines. But he left it all, and for sure he left his job. He had the strength to leave his job because there were so many people praying for him because people knew that he had a vocation, and they offered their sacrifice, and they offered their suffering for him so that he could give his yes to Jesus. And it's the same for Father Corbinian. He could be playing football now for a football team in Germany because he was, he's a super footballer. But he had so many people, beginning with his mother, who prayed and prayed and prayed for Corbinian to give his yes to God. But it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be the physical mother of a priest. We need priest mothers. A priest needs a mother. I have a mother in Ireland. But I need, together with all the priests in the world, need your help more than ever. Like I said last week, because we're always in the firing range of the media and of people, of the enemies of the church. And that's why this great saint from France, Jean Eudes, said... The sacramental priesthood is so great and so divine that it does not seem possible to have a greater or more divine one. And yet there is a priesthood which in a way surpasses that of the priest. It is the vocation, and all of you have this vocation. It is the vocation to work for the sanctification of the priest, where the rescuer is saved and the shepherd pastures, in which light is obtained for those who are the light of the world, and they sanctified who are the sanctification of the church. That's why, dear friends, through your prayers and your sacrifices, which you offer up out of love for Jesus, for the priests, you bring light to the priests who should be the light of the world. You pasture the priests who should be the shepherds. And that is the most beautiful vocation. And anyone who feels that suffering has not a value, I tell you, offer it up for the sanctification of the priests. We need your help. And so, dear friends, 
in this evening, I just want to read to you before I finish these words of a saint from France called Louise Margaret Claudette de la Touche. And she describes beautifully the vocation of a priest. I tell you, I stand here so thankful that I am a priest. I can't thank God enough. I am sure Father Gary and Father Corbinian would say the same. I wouldn't change my life for two seconds. Not for two seconds. But we need your help. Because I love being a priest. I used to, as a veterinarian, I used to, to cure animals the best I could. But nothing is comparable. What is fixing a, a, a sore leg of a dog in comparison to giving the absolution after holy confession, to see people crying because they've been freed from all their sins. That through the words of the consecration, that Jesus listens to my words, and nobody, I'm a nobody, and he becomes the, it becomes the body and blood of Jesus, just because we pray the words. That when we, when we go to the sick, that we know that when we give them the sacrament of the sick, we know that they are freed from all of their sins. There is no greater vocation I could possibly wish for. And so I say to you these beautiful words which I found today from Louise Margaret Clara de la Touche, whom Jesus appeared to, and Jesus said 2,000 years ago, I saved the world with 12 men, but they were more than men. They were priests. 2,000 years later, today, I can change the world again with 12 holy priests, but they have to be holy priests. She says, O man, O privileged creature, rejoice. Your God is with you. He is yours. He makes himself your nourishment to purify you, to strengthen you, to give you a share of his divine life. He gives himself completely to you. He sacrifices himself for you. Humbly prostrating gratitude, adore the liberality of your God. The blessed Eucharist is for you. For you also is the priesthood by which the blessed Eucharist is given to you. For all of you is the priesthood a gift from God. Rejoice, O man. Your Christ, your priest, is eternally living with you. You are going to find him at your side in all the needs of your life. If you are thirsty for truth, he will instruct you and pour light into your intellect. If you have sinned, he is there to absolve you and to raise you up. If you are suffering, if the sorrows of earth press heavily on you, he will console you. If you wish to find a mediator to approach the divine majesty in your name, to present in your name your sacrifices with the assurance of being always favorably received, he will mount the steps of the altar and speak for you. And that's what the priest is, to console to forgive the sins in the name of Jesus. Jesus forgives the sins. And to offer the Holy Mass. That is why Padre Pio said that through the Holy Mass it is more power than all the sacrifices of all people of all time. Because it's the sacrifice of the God-man. And this took place this night, 2,000 years ago. Amen. Amen.